Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Can 11 Live. This is your boy, DJ SK, here with my man, Mo, as always, and we're joined by a very special guest, Mr. Randy from Ministry of Heavenly Minds in Orange. Mo, what's good with you today? Oh, not much, man. I'm, uh, I'm real excited about uh, having Randy on. It's going to be great to just uh, have a, a nice spiritual conversation with him. Uh, it's always uplifting. Uh, also, wanted to thank you guys ahead of time for the pizza. Thank you very much, Randy, for providing some snacks. That, that was super kind of you. You're first, very welcome. first guest to do that. Uh, so, uh, really appreciate it. Um, how about you, Sam? How you been? Oh man, excellent. We took a week off so uh, Mo could enjoy Valentine's, and we we have a couple of really good shows lined up for you guys in the near future. This week, we got Randy with us. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, future escapades with Green Tours LA and our potential 420 episode. And then beginning of March, we're going to be visiting The Lifted in Long Beach for a live uh, recording session down there. But uh, in the meantime, I know that uh, Ministry of Heavenly Minds has been doing a lot within the community and pushing cannabis in the right direction in terms of educating your bud tenders and... uh, Members that come in, Randy, what do you think is the biggest um, the biggest thing right now for you guys? Is it CBD? Is it um, members coming in looking for anxiety relief? Is it pain? Is it, uh, I mean, what do you see the most of? Honestly, it's always going to be the sacrament plant because people use it in different ways. Um, in the mornings, at night, on the break whether it be for yoga or just to relax. Um, CBD, definitely CBD. CBD's been more of, um, been a lot, a lot more members have been interested in it. They weren't really understanding about it before and um, educating our other ministers about CBD and allowing them to be able to help our members become more knowledgeable about what they're, taking as a sacrament for their um, to clear their minds or just to clear the relief but definitely CBD and uh, flour is always going to be number one and edibles um, concentrated forms of sacrament those three for sure yeah the, uh, top of the line when it comes to the sacraments that you guys are uh, providing at the ministry when it comes to religion in general, do you guys have services? Do you guys have uh, reading material for members that come in? Yeah, we hold service every Sunday, 11 to 12. Um, do smoke a little sacrament inside, just on Sundays. Uh, anyone in Orange is more than welcome to join us. Yeah, definitely do that. have Bibles uh, readily available. I need to get more. We've been growing, so... Uh, there'll be a couple here and there, shy of some Bibles. It's been pretty exciting. Nice, man. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of church fronts out there that are just trap houses. They're not necessarily churches, and it's just a loophole for them to sell basically bad cannabis. Uh, whereas terrible, you guys are terrible do- cannabis. Yeah, yeah. Where you guys are doing it in the right way and the. Uh, the justified way, you know, actually providing healing sacraments and not pesticide-ridden PM flower, you know. So, Mo, I know you yourself, you're big into religion. How do you feel about the church aspect side of uh, cannabis in Southern California? Um, you know, that's a good question, man. I, you know, I, I really do have a major issue with a lot of these places that, that are like these trap houses, like you said, that don't really... Uh, give back to the community that don't that don't actually provide church services and and are a place for refuge and one thing that I really love and respect about Randy and Ministry of Heavenly Minds is uh, you know you guys really do it right and, and you guys give back to the community I know you guys recently did is it a, a clothes drive or a food drive it was a um, we did basically it was donations for clothing Give, to give back to the community. Um, it actually went really well. That was one of our first little um, first ventures into like seeing how, how the members reacted to actually being part of the church because we do let them know that it's not recreational, it's not medicinal, it's sacramental. 
that they are coming to us with donations because they need or want sacrament from a place that they can trust, a place that they feel at home. But, um, yeah, you know, what would you say is your favorite book in the Bible? And, and in that sense, how, how, do you, how would you then use that to, uh, to maybe teach a little bit more about cannabis specifically? And, and how would you use it to guide someone's life? I, I'm, I'm really curious in, in terms of, uh, you know, is it, is it more about being uplifted by the by the plant or or is there is there even like a, an, an even deeper connection beyond that I think for it's definitely a, a bit of both um, there's always a lot of deeper meaning to things and I personally believe that teaching the younger generation about this plant this plant that's been here since uh, we've been on this planet um, Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 he God mentions that he put all the seeds according to their kind all the fruit according to its kind and its seed and all the plants on the first day and I, I don't believe we were created till the sixth day and he rested on the seventh so that right there um, tells you a lot about this plant already and it's about educating the younger generation like hey um, this plant's here for a reason it's, it's not here because it's become an entertainment thing I believe, and we have to bring it back to what it originally was made for, which is understanding oneself and allowing yourself to kind of like become whole in a way where you can hear yourself, allowing yourself to like mellow out and like see what's going on, and by teaching the younger generation that they don't need to take two grams to the face and do like this big old wax thing to enjoy it. How do you feel it elevates the religious experience? Well, as a sacrament, I feel like it allows someone to kind of have an intention with it an intention whether it is to like understand what's going on in their life a pattern that they they know it's happening but they don't know why it's happening it allows them to become centered but also with uh, religion and cannabis it's many different cultures speak about this plant not necessarily the word cannabis, but they just talk about an herb that would create ganja, hashish. Absolutely, there's there's many forms. Create an effect, and some of these effects might have been considered the burning bush. So, um, you know, it's everything's up for like perspective and how you feel about what you've read or what you've heard, or how the plant speaks to you. How do you find, or I gotta ask you this, man? Do you ever just find yourself like smoking a joint, reading the Bible, and and just like getting lost, or or is that, or am I just making, or am I just imagining this? Um, not as much as I would like to, but definitely have been picking it up more. I've always been around religion, whether it be a Christian or um, Catholic. There was always a Bible around, so I, and when I was younger, it's funny, I would actually read it, not understand it, but I would read it, and now I feel like that set me up for now, because like, my head, I would smoke or um, take sacrament when we're with a group of people, and then for some reason, this Bible verse that I remember from a while ago pops in my head, and I'll go read it, and it'll be like, correlate to what we're talking about, and it's insane because uh, one of our one of our members Justin talked about like you can be reading the Bible and when you get elevated or you smoke some sacrament all of a sudden the Bible kind of changes and certain verses or certain sentences will just like pop they'll pop and they'll be like oh like oh you get this little like tingly feeling and you're like oh crap 
like that was uh, meant for me, you know? So stuff like that, it's really, um, you know, it's really awesome to be able to experience what's going on right now. Being able to practice, like, First Amendment, right? With that in mind as well, you know, I, I gotta ask, do, do you... I don't want to be overly dramatic or anything, but do you live in, in a sort of fear or sort of um, quandary or, or quagmire with, with regards to to this being a gray market? And, and, and how do you sort of... Um, I mean, how, how, how do you just deal with that like on a daily basis, just like from an, from an, from an anxiety point of view? I mean, that, that's where I'm thinking of it from almost. No. It pops in my head from time to time, but for the most part, we're not doing anything wrong. There's nothing wrong going on in there. If anything, we're, we're there because we're helping those who are, have real ailments, who have real needs for this, and they don't trust something off the street or from someone they don't even know. You know, they ask, hey, I have like this going on, and it's like, hey, we suggested this tropical or this thing right here because it's already it's already in, integrated into it to provide so much for the member where they can be trusting of themselves to not take too much because that's a that's a big fearful thing in like older generations is I'm gonna take too much and I'm just gonna like not enjoy it. You know, I'm not going to enjoy what it does to me. And it being a psychoactive, it can give people a spiritual experience. And they don't even realize what's going on. They just think they're tripping out. But realistically, they're going through something called, like, psychosis. Psychosis, and it's just like, it's like a movie, like, you're falling down and you're just, like, spinning and spinning. Like, that's what they're going through. But they don't understand it because they're not, they don't have knowledge about the plant and kind of what it is. They just know, oh, it gets you, quote, unquote, high. But it does more than that, you know, it does a whole lot more than that. It, it comes in many forms and all kinds of different ways and angles and building materials and just like, it's insane what this plant can really actually achieve and what it can help us achieve. How do you feel religion has impacted your personal life? Um, either on a daily basis or, or even just uh, all all three decades or so. I think religion, personally, just speaking on my behalf, um, is experienced differently through how they experience family. And how, how their family um, portrays their religious gatherings at a younger age, and how or what is said, and how it's done, and just everything about just all of it like who's there. And the kid sees Bill, and Bill's like Christian, quote unquote, but Bill's still being um, very rude or just very not like Christian like that you would say. So it kind of like the child starts to create this like thought process of like, oh, well, do I want to be Christian or, or I don't know, something like, do you know kind of what I'm getting at? Yeah, kind of monkey see monkey do, you're a product of your environment to an extent. And then of course you have the other extreme where people um, don't uh, like recognize the flaw in their environment and reject it completely. Mm -hmm. But that takes a certain level of maturity and uh, emotional intelligence, I think above all, to kind of be able to, to differentiate and whether your basis for that morality or that success or whatever it is that that model whether it's for most people I would imagine it would be religion around the world certainly oh yeah definitely ritualistic different rituals even back in the Muhammad mm -hmm. Muhammad's time um talk about the tabernacle and the tabernacle was only allowed he was only allowed to go in there 
Do you know by chance? Uh, no, I don't know much about that. Can you describe that? Um, I can't give that. specifics, but I can definitely um, guide through it. So there'd be a priest, um, selected priest that was only allowed to go into the tabernacle and, like, you know, pray and ask God for reassurance about maybe why the crop does. What is a tabernacle? Sorry. So tabernacle, from my understanding, is like a holy space, a holy place where, um, I guess, the Quran would have been placed. And this was a holy place where only a certain high priest could enter during times of like prayer or times of, um, like I was saying earlier, All right, yeah, so according to the Tanakh, the tabernacle was the portable dwelling or temple of Yahweh, which is the uh, uh, Hebrew word for God, used by the children of Israel from the Exodus until the conquest of Canaan, so that'd be like Mesopotamia. It was constructed of woven layers, curtains, and wood, and richly furnished with valuable materials taken from Egypt. Moses was instructed in Mount Sinai to construct the transport of the tabernacle with the Israelites on their journey through the wilderness and subsequent conquest of the promised land. After 440 years, Solomon's temple in Jerusalem superseded it as the dwelling place of God. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. They see a place where God would dwell, and um, they would... Oh, sorry, man. Just closed it. Because <laughs> from uh, reading, they would uh, have a like a brick of quote unquote hashish. Yeah, oh, really? The first thing that popped up is how Moses and the Israelites used cannabis. So that's kind of interesting. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, um, the, my focus on a detail in the beginning of the portion that describes the laws concerning the holy tabernacle with regards to cannabis. Um, Ingredient in the recipe for the anointing oil to sanctify both the tabernacle and the priests themselves in Exodus 30 verses or verse 30 lines 22 to 33. Uh, women's commentary explains that the oil used to anoint sacred objects as well as the priests was made of four precious spices, myrrh, cinnamon, cane, and, and, and cassia combined with olive oil. The common English translation of the third ingredient, cane, Replicated in most English versions of the five books of the Old Testament is aromatic cane. However, a different translation appears in the Living Torah where Rabbi Aria Kaplan writes that some sources identify fragrant cane, kind of bosom in Hebrew, with the English and Greek word cannabis, referring to the hemp plant, which would make sense for the region, uh, considering that papyrus, what came from Egypt. Of course, you think of Moses uh, being, well, he was technically he not technically he was pharaoh's half brother or step brother well adopted brother so uh and they obviously had papyrus which was made from hemp so that totally makes sense that they would have um that they would make the torah and that they would have uh hemp regularly so available what what was uh i read was that the tabernacle would have a, a like a brick, a burning, slow burning hashish, and uh, it would create like a hot box. And this hot box, he would pray and he would uh, ask questions and he would come out at a more elevated state of mind. And he was able to answer questions and like answer like, or just get, uh, it was able to channel a message for the people. That's kind of where that one was uh, going. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting because it talk about different cultures uh, and other entheogens such as um, psychedelic mushrooms. They talk about that this plant was only allowed to be picked during a certain time of the year for one week. 
five virgins. And only a, Lucky them. <laughs> and only the, the medicine woman or man was able to indulge to, to get to a higher state, a much higher state, and ask questions for the people and like, should we move somewhere else? Or, or even like, what's going on with um, um, just the, the lead person in charge that's sick for some reason, or people just start getting sick. No, I think that's. They used it for reflection, essentially. They used it for uh, to question. They used it so, like, one person would get to sort of be elevated and get to to seek truth. Huh. That's. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because when we were smoking early, you would ask me, you know, what what's your intention to smoke this oh, right yes. now, what you know. Your intention for this sacramental joint. And and I had said, you know, I, I I view it as like almost like breaking bread, like a peace offering, a way of breaking a wall, a barrier between people. Um good communion. Yeah. Exactly. And the intention was for us to get, you know, talking uh just talk about one another and get to know one another. I'd say it, it worked out pretty well. I mean, what, we went from complete strangers to, to pretty fast friends over that joint, right? Yeah, I shared a couple <laughs> stories. Different names. I understand that you like golf. Mini golf. I like, I love mini golf. <laughs> I wouldn't say uh, big boy golf, but definitely mini golf. That's something uh, I would like to have more time to try to get into the big boy golfing area of things absolutely do you um do you anticipate doing any any golfing any miniature golfing specifically in the next uh in the next week or two maybe even like as a like a an event within your for for your your ministry for your flock mm, no did no, i just did i just plant the not. seeds you might have though a little, little outing for you <laughs> The members of the church would be cool. Some greens on the greens and and some prior greens. Some putt putt for putt putt for for charity, you know. Putt 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 around for charity. Putt putt. <laughs> hole in one buys everyone drinks. You know they think it, you think it's a good thing to get a hole in one, but you owe everyone drinks. <laughs> You know, uh, everyone, a little Sacramento joint, because that's a lot of, a lot of joints to roll. Yeah. No, absolutely. Man. Um, let me ask, you know, for, for you personally, you know, when it comes to a message that you really want to push, uh, that you really want people to, to understand, if there's like one lesson that you can impart on on our listeners what, what would it be whether it's a spiritual lesson just a, a cannabis lesson just you know what's one thing that you would want people to to come away with better understanding better knowing uh there's so many i don't know um i mean it's been for the actual cannabis user or new cannabis? I mean, it just like what would you want people to understand about cannabis? about cannabis, regardless of of their regardless of their uh, experience with it? Well, for those who know, you know, <laughs> obviously it's <laughs> it's a. Uh, <laughs> amazing product of what is uh, God's creation you know for those who have had a bad experience give it a second chance don't allow someone's misknowledge about cannabis continue to shape your future I'm sure everyone's heard good stories about it and bad stories and most bad stories begin with my friend yeah. So I know someone. <laughs> I know someone that was like, dude. I saw should. it on TV. <laughs> and it's just uh, everything in moderation and understanding that this plant is 
here to help um, heal. It's here to help get you closer to yourself and to forget all the the stuff that kind of the world's been just kind of distracting you with and it's bringing you back to center and just allowing you to become one with yourself and become one with uh, God, you know, and not to push it away because ask yourself why you're still thinking about it. You're mad at it. You didn't like that experience, but it's still something, some little curiosity that's like, maybe I should try it. So I, I, I push for you to give it another chance, but be with someone that you definitely are comfortable with and very small amounts. Yeah, common, common known uh, saying with edibles is you can always eat less. You can always eat more. Yeah, you, can you can never eat, eat less. More, never eat less, man. It's uh, just can't do it. Yeah, you know. Speaking of dosages, um, have you guys? Do you guys know anyone who microdoses? Well, what's that like? Do you guys know anything about this micro? Do you know anything about microdosing, Randy? Microdosing? Yeah, like 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 shrooms. Yeah, I like mean, psilocybin. You can, you can microdose. Yeah, no, I, I I know I can. Do you know anything about it? I I, I know that people are doing it, but I don't, I'm not. I mean, look, I've I've done shrooms. I know what it's like to to have uh to have that experience. But what? But like, there are people that like microdose. You know, I don't know, daily, weekly, month, whatever it is. You know, what, what is that like? What is first of all? What is a microdose? How much is a microdose? Uh, Talking like one cap. Point two for the usual. Point two. Yeah. How are most people taking it? Do you know? Um. Uh, over 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 consumption, I would believe some once in a while, but for the most part, microdosing. Uh, for me personally, it's probably like do it for like seven days, to one day in the morning, enough to like have a good one and just go. It's not it's not supposed to be heavy. It's not it's not supposed to be like. Intense, just supposed to be like an HD effect, you know, where where your clarity or mental clarity is just like flowing, and you just feel like really HD. If you watch like a, feel like you're watching a really big, nice, big screen, you know, and you're just watching the world or seeing in four K. In four K, yeah. <laughs> but definitely yeah. should not be done um, too often. Microdosing is something that um, also is not really educated upon in the aspects of when you are elevating yourself, whether it be cannabis or LSD or psychedelics, you are vibrating at a, a certain uh, frequency and, and you gotta understand like we're already electrical beings. That's why when you can like rub your feet and shock someone or if they need to revive you, they put two metal clamps on your chest and pump your heart back with some electricity. Um, we have a battery that we need to like keep pretty charged up and if you're always trying to experience a psychedelic trip you're kind of draining yourself draining your battery so it's important to know how much you need to microdose and not to do it too often yeah I mean I would definitely agree there that you know everything in life regardless of what it is needs some moderation but I, I really want to go back to to what you said with like clarity and stuff so would you say that it like make makes you happy would you say that it like I mean let me put it this way um I know that a lot of uh studies have been done are being done um are being talked about with regards to microdosing uh psilocybin for treating like PTSD and we know that uh, CBD and THC and like THCB is it THCB, THCB. Um, are are pretty pretty good at, at different aspects of, of handling uh, PTSD. THC for for nightmares, THCB for uh, also I guess like for for nightmares and for um, and for anxiety, but more so the CBD for the anxiety. Uh, so I guess I just wanted to know, like, like what, 
like what the science is or, or what the what the feeling is or what the idea is behind um, microdosing with shrooms and, and psilocybin specifically, but I guess to an extent LSD as well, but psychedelics um, and just like, you know, the medical, pre- the, the medical benefits of them for, for such mental ailments like PTSD and things like that. Do you, can you speak on that? Do you know about that? Do you have, not outing anyone, do you have people in your, in your flock that maybe even like, suffer from such conditions yeah um, well answer all my questions <laughs> <laughs> answer all my questions well I, when, you, when you microdose I feel like you, you start to get your answer your questions answered um cause microdosing doesn't necessarily make you feel happy or doesn't make you necessarily feel bad might just make you feel still. You know? It might just make you, like, sit there and ch- look at that tree and just look at the tree and how it's shaped. And, and you never know that tree might start to correspond with your life and that maybe you need to shape your tree a little better. You need to grow your tree a little stronger, a little deeper, you know? So I think microdosing really comes down to, again, intention and why you're microdosing and how your mental state is in that moment, what you ate in your stomach. What you ate is big, takes big effect on microdosing. Oh my goodness. Wow. I've eaten some like heavy food. What's something good to eat then? Fruit. Fruit, Fruit, 100%. Just fruit and water and maybe like you're a big fella or you want something wholesome then you just like no Potatoes. definitely no you want to stay right you definitely want to stay right maybe some bananas bananas <laughs> bananas pineapples nuts kale nuts, nuts. hell yeah dude <laughs> that water a lot of water have a lot of water you're vegetarian or vegan uh vegetarian vegetarian what 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 um animal byproducts will you eat eggs Butter, Not too fish. much. Um, well, fish is an animal byproduct. It's an animal. That's <laughs> it's the occasional, um, just like cheese. Cheese is one that's challenging. Yeah, man. It's impossible to be a vegan, dude. Cheese is so good. Ve- I, and vegan cheese sucks. No offense to vegan cheese makers, but it uh, sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's just a chemical in it that creates It's processed, like, man. It's processed. It's processed cheese, just like Kraft. The only difference is it's not dairy. Kraft. Yeah, just like Kraft. You know, American singles. Uh-huh. Yeah, nut cheese is just like that. It's just not dairy. It's processed cheese. That that's a, that's a big problem. I have with a lot of vegan byproduct. It's still processed. You know, I'm all I'm all for, you know. Eating a big, hearty, awesome salad with like, you know, lots of good, hearty, leafy greens that, you know, good greens, not lettuce. Lettuce is dirty water. I'm talking like, you know, frisee. Dirty water. It's dirty water. I'm talking like, you know, frisee. Cabbage is so good for you, man. Um, You know, kale, arugula, spinach, you know, spinach has, you know, Popeye with that iron, right? Uh, If you're a woman, eat your spinach, all right? It's important, especially if you're anemic. Like 70% of women are anemic. Um, God, I wish I had a woman on this show so she could be like, yeah, it's so true. Um, You know, it's just, I I feel like if you're going, for diet-wise, I feel like, Keep it as natural as possible. Even if you're going to eat meat, like keep it as natural and as clean as possible. Yeah, yeah definitely. But uh, there's a whole different aspect on... Well, yeah, keeping it clean and, and definitely how the animal's being raised or even how it's being... Uh, it's being slaughtered. Slaughtered. Or I don't want to use the word slaughtered because slaughtered is such a brutal word. But you know what, man? It's a brutal thing. Look, I, I'm I'm a meat eater. I'm a carnivore. Like it's we're, we're I imbibe in flesh. It's it we we slaughter animals. It happens. You know, I don't know the name of the cow that I'm eating. I don't know that it had its ass wiped every night and sung lullabies to it. Like, no, it it was put on a conveyor belt and had its head chopped off. Like it's. Sorry if that really disgusted some people out there. Like, it's what happens, you know? That's, that's true. 
as and as much as I try personally to source good, like I'll I'll trick myself be like I've got it at Whole Foods or I got it at Gelson's or you know at the end of the day they still killed it. Uh, but you're right. There is a certain hum- there is a certain way to treat our fellow species on this planet. Yeah, and also the the way that they're um, I guess you can use the word manufactured. Even though yeah, manufactured is a a product that's technically not supposed to be alive, but they are manufactured, just as like a box of Cheerios or mac and cheese. Um, they're produced massively. They are enhanced, and with the enhancement, just the whole crowdedness and the way that they are. Um, Slaughtered. It's a different word. They're slaughtered, them. man. You don't. <laughs> yeah, dude. You, you, you don't. You don't. You don't have to sugarcoat it. They, it's what happens. It's a, even they call them slaughterhouses. <laughs> yeah, the animal. The animal actually um, feels fear. Oh, absolutely. Is is killed in a state of fear. So, like that state of fear, is kind of like the, the cells, or in our body, kind of like can hold uh, memory, so they can actually hold on to that. And we can eat that in a way. I heard that about chicken actually one time. That like the practices like that, you know, especially because it's such a small animal that it's like more connected to its nervous system or whatever. So like it, it like, and it's a nervous bird, I guess is what Jim Harbaugh called it. But the idea is that, yeah, like if it's raised in an environment where it's like constantly stressed, like eating chickens like that healthy for you because like it releases a constantly like stressful hormone and then you're eating that like in the meat. Mm-hmm. And I mean, whether it's true or not, it makes sense, right? I mean, yeah, still we, we all know there's right? a lot of things out there that make sense that aren't true. Like the Earth, the Earth being flat makes sense. It's just not true, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It makes sense that it'd be flat. I <laughs> I see that it's flat, but it it's not true. Yeah. Unless you're, are, are you are you a, a flat earther? No, I don't no. Believe that I'm a flat earther. Was the moon landing real? <laughs> Are we getting into this right now? Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I want to know. I want to I wanna know. Was the moon um, landing real? I, I, I think know. it is. I'm not you judging. You think so? I, I, I do think that we've been to space and I do think we've been to the moon. Mm. I think I we've think been, we've been, been to, to Mars, too. Not humans. Been, I think we've been to space, definitely. Um, you don't think we landed on the moon? I don't know. Apparently, it? China just landed on the dark side of the moon, but I mean, we can't see them, so. I mean, so sneaky. <laughs> I mean, I think they told us beforehand that they were doing it, but yeah, yeah, they. <laughs> I don't know, because 80% of our oceans haven't been discovered or haven't been, like, explored, but yet we're right here, like, on the planet, and then, like, how, how can we not explore our oceans, but we can still explore, like, the moon, which is how far away? Like, but we haven't like explored the moon. We have just been there. No, we just quote unquote been there. So yeah. why haven't we been our, down in our own ocean due to the pressure? Obviously. Yeah, the Mariana <laughs> Trench. Yeah, like no human being can like withstand the pressure inside of a submarine in the Mariana Trench. Like their head would explode. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, there that is a great point too. I mean, I, dude, there's this. Uh, oh God, who is it? I, f- I forget who does the, the stand-up bit, but basically they're like, you know, the more you learn about something, the less scary it becomes. Except for the ocean. The more you learn about that, the way scarier it gets. Because mm-hmm. there's shit in the ocean that'll just like... There's sharks, and that's a, that's at eye level. When you go below, there's like anglerfish, there's, you know what I'm saying? There's all this crazy stuff, eels. The ocean is crazy. And something like... Uh, Something like a, like two thirds or something like that. Two thirds of the world species live underwater, and then like another, like third live basically in in rainforests. And then there's like us and pigeons. Huh. Us and pigeons. It's like us and pigeons, and like everything else is like rainforest and ocean. Well, rainforest. What's left? So, yeah, we're doing a pretty good job of eradicating yeah, yeah. that, right? But um, let's talk. Let's get back into uh, some more cannabis aspects of maybe um, prop prop sixty four and gray market. I know. 
Yeah, no, I mean, we want to talk just a little bit more about that, uh, a little bit more about Prop 64, how it affects you guys, how um, your thoughts on it, where uh, where the industry's going, how it's heading, and, uh, and how you're going to be a part of it, disrupting it in its own way. Disrupting it in its own way? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, like you're definitely like a, like an industry disruptor, right? Like you, you have a different a different model, a different perspective, a different view. You know, how, how is that going to change uh, the industry, and how does uh, how does the how do the laws affect you? Um, can't really speak too much on that one. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, it's there's a good side and a bad side. It's prepackaged, so you obviously can't like give people more, just because uh, it might have that tacker might have weighed out a little heavier. And you're like, oh, it's so pretty. I don't want to take it apart, so you just leave it in there. Um, I don't know if it. I'm not too sure. Um, I guess I don't know too much about that one and how to speak on that one without speaking a lot. What can you talk about with Prop 64? So that was actually like pretty hilarious um, because <laughs> if everyone just heard that, we were, we were talking about <laughs> Prop 64, and then we were like, we can't talk about Prop 64. <laughs> no. But but we can talk. But but I, I know, Sam, like, you, you always, I know, I feel like you're, I feel like your platform has a lot to do with, like, regulation. I feel like you know a lot about it. I mean, what? what? Yeah, well, just being, just being in the industry for so long, I know basically both, both sides of the batter's box, I guess you could say. Um... Me, myself, I was, before cannabis was recreational, medicinal, whatever you want to call it out here in California in terms of laws, I mean, I, I sold weed for a long time, ever since I was in college, dating back to shit my sophomore year of high school. Plead the fifth, so not, No, 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 no reason to plead the fifth. You can't, you can't get me on anything now. It's all over, all over with, man. What's your evidence? <laughs> me smoking a doobie in my car? Good luck. But, uh... Yeah, with the regulations, man, it's it's bittersweet because it's. Uh, I'm definitely happy that it's no longer frowned upon and we can all have access to recreational marijuana. However, a lot of the laws and jurisdictions are, to me, a little bit bullshit, to be frank. Um, especially like uh, Randy was talking a little bit about the prepackaged dates. Only problem with that is a lot of times the flower gets really dried out, doesn't give the, the plant justice, the strain justice. Um, as a consumer coming into the store, you can you can only look at what the shop has as a display jar. So a lot Why of times, do you think those... it gets dried out in, if it's prepackaged and like and and like most of the stuff I see is in glass or or encased in um in like cellophane. So I mean, like, wouldn't that actually be be better? Wouldn't that keep it fresher longer? Uh, or it comes even no, with like, I, like little I, humidor packs. Even. Yeah, well, yeah, I've seen a lot of companies try to put the humidor packs, and now those are real popular. I mean, uh, Bovida, I think, is one of the main companies that makes Candesium. them. I see them across almost all shops now. But uh, I think it's just because you know there's no air can get to it at all, so it's just whatever. Never breathes. It, it, it's there is there, and that's it. You know, there's no. Um, Nothing coming through, so it just it gets stale, like all crusty, and it becomes very, very dry. Uh, within, I mean, honestly, when I used to receive flour at the Prop 64 shop that I manage, within six months, that stuff is pretty dry, even with a humidor in the pack, which is sad. How often does stuff sit there on the shelf for six months? Oh, well... Really? I, that, I, whoa, whoa. Based on your reaction, quite often. Really? All depends on what... It depends on who's... On what... Yeah, who's doing the ordering. Um, I can definitely say when I was uh, managing the shop, uh, the ordering was not on point, and we had flour that was just sitting in safes for a long time, so clearly the owners lost a lot of in money. turkey because, bags? Uh, turkey no. bags. And, no, no, I'm talking about just when Pop oh, 64 regulation. Yeah, prepackaged. Okay. Like, literally, I... Stack them in bins and they would just sit there because the dude who would do a lot of the ordering, um, he was no mathematician, I guess you could say. 
you just in some companies you just order 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 and you're not thinking about results or how much you're selling you're not looking at um, statistics, sales, averages, PPA, you it know, is a nothing. business, right? At yeah, well, you would be shocked, though, man. Yeah, a lot of no, these guys you, just, uh, you know, they've seen too many movies. They just, uh, they just a ca- common phrase with them is run it. Well, what are you running, bro? You better get your numbers straight first. Run it. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me, dude? What are you running, man? You watch too many movies, bro. Um, the edibles is another thing with the regulation. 100 milligrams or less. Very good for the recreational market that is uh, not used to edible intake and dosages because they are 100 milligrams or less in 10 milligram pieces. So like gummies are broken up into the Cushy Punches are now 10 milligrams each. Big Pete's cookies, Corova cookies, 10 milligram or 5 milligram pieces each. Uh, It's a lot harder for people to quote unquote overdose or get too much intake of their edible but it's also really sad for those that are dealing with extreme pain or, um, you know, a lot of the controversial as it is. But I think it's uh, definitely the way to go for autistic children and kids going with seizures and stuff. All right, so I don't really hear uh, – what's the argument with autism? I, 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 I love the research that's been done with, um, with uh, people who suffer from epilepsy. I know yeah. that with epilepsy seizures, uh, CBD in particular has just done wonders and miracles. But but what is it with with autism? I don't understand what what the research has shown and what it helps with with autism. Is it like yeah. does it make you more sociable? I'm I'm no doctor per se, so I can give you like the exact test or whatever. Well, but from well, what the, the tests that they have done and the positive outcomes has been yeah that a lot of times these autistic children are supposed to stay at that you know whatever age and not ever able to speak, ever able to formulate a sentence. Uh, I actually have a really good friend of mine that lives in Boston who is a big advocate. Her son was was born um, with autism. On the spectrum, yeah. I mean, yeah, autism, yeah. You know, and, there's far ranges of autism. I mean, even get into like Asperger's, which not to not to make fun of Asperger's, but you could almost describe it as like autism light in a way. You know, so there's certainly yeah. a range and spectrum. Like yeah, but said. she's um, ever since her her son Joseph was born, she's been a big advocate behind it. Absolutely hates big farmer and all the pills that they tried to push on her son. And she's she always preaches to me. She's she's like, listen, like he would not have even have come this far if it wasn't for your cannabis and me treating him that way. Um, and With now, edibles in particular, yeah, edibles yeah. and tinctures. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, he's not smoking a joint or hitting a bong. I mean, nothing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But what, uh, what? Sorry, RSO. What's RSO? Sorry. Oh, RSO. Rick yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Rick, sorry, Simps- Simps- Rick Simpson. Rick Simpson oil is Rick really Simpson. good for um, pain relief and cancer uh, cancer patient patients going through chemotherapy. Is that it was. a tincture or syringe? Uh, syringe. Yeah, generally okay. a syringe that's applied. Um, Very pasty. Yeah, yeah. It, it's usually mm-hmm. pretty thick. Uh, actually, the uh, Bird Valley when we have um Terry and Manny gave us a couple of those syringes. I'll bring them by for the show. Very similar to it's a full spectrum oil that they did, but it's very similar to like RSO oil. They have one that's uh, heavy CBD and one that's a little bit of CBD. I think like three hundred and thirty milligrams THC. Now, see, that's what I tend to look for myself now when it comes to edibles because I have such a high tolerance, which is that's my own fault because I you know I medicate a lot and it's pretty much my only thing. So for me, shopping at a recreational. Dispensary for edibles is almost pointless and definitely just just waxes my wallet, man. I mean, I, I I'd go broke if I shopped at a recreational dispensary right now for edibles. I, I honestly, it's like 20, 20 bucks out the door with tax for like a hundred milligram cushy punch. That's gonna give me like two hours of relief, man. I mean, that's just crazy. I, I personally, I've been making my own edibles with uh, oil and butter because it's. Like I said, I mean, it's just a, it's a waste of money for me to even contemplate going into a recreational store. There are, though, there are very positive aspects to Prop 64. A lot of the money from the tax systems are supposed to go back to schools, to highways, to... Yeah, Colorado's doing it the right way. If we can take a lot of what they've done out there, reduce the taxes and give them back the right way like they have, we will... Uh, We'll definitely push forward in the right direction, but I think like anything else, and because California is such a big cash crop, it's just been a clusterfuck out here. 
getting used to everything and whether they keep a lot of these regulations is totally up to the Cannabis Bureau who's constantly changing. The BCC is constantly changing regulations and laws anyway as it is. So I think that over due time, for example, one of the regulations that I think should absolutely go away is child safe packaging on uh, topicals. First and foremost, even if a child were to get into a topical and slather the whole thing all over his or her body, it's he or she's not going to get high, just going to be like a really good case of icy hot, I guess, laying down, but it's not going to be a psychoactive. Definitely not going to be as anxious. But it's like, you know, um, when it comes to topicals, a lot of times it's older patients with arthritis. So you put child safety packaging and how are these patients even going to get into? So now on top of buying it, they need somebody like well, a nurse or on, whatever. Man, to because they, they take a leave and a leave has child safety packaging. And frankly, most of the child safety packaging on most cannabis products can be bypassed with scissors or a joke. So I, I'm, I'm not I'm not too against that. You know me. I'm, I'm actually all in favor of regulation. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that... The more regulation, the more uniformity you get, the more acceptable it becomes. The, the easier it becomes, the more research gets done, uh, the more we get to start seeing this as a medicine, start treating it as a medicine uh, rather than like a drug. And I understand that medicines are drugs, but like, you know, there is, the, there is still a, a difference in the way that we view them, treat them, the government researches them. Uh, we need more studies done in order to to better understand the positive and negative effects because I don't believe cannabis is for everyone, but I do believe that it's important that we have an understanding of what it can do and its full potential for most people. Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, like when I'm talking about these topicals, you've got the lid and then you've also got like a package around it. Like what's the point of that extra package around it? The lid itself should just be childproof or whatever kind of lock on it, like you said, a leaf bottle, but like they'll li- literally a Papa's and Barkley, like small 15 miller, whatever size it is, dude will come inside of now it's a childproof package with a whole packaging around the childproof packaging. So it's like, here's little old granny comes in 60 bucks, Papa and Barkley, her hands are just, she, she just wants a little, and she goes home and he said, I mean, there's ways around her. She got her scissors, but now God, Here's grandma in the kitchen by herself or calling somebody over like, I can't even get into this. And I just bought it. I just want to put a little bit on my my joints, you know. So I think that uh, not that they shouldn't have child safe, uh, safe packaging, just that it's gotten a little bit extreme of the way they do it. And, I mean, when you're looking at the whole aspect of cannabis is supposed to be, you know, environmental friendly, green friendly, and then here we are. That's one thing that I wasting hate. Wasting a lot of Just paper wasting so much. And... Register paper, packaging. Yeah, so a lot. Oh, it, it, it's ridiculous. And then, yeah, one thing they've gone back and forth with the BCC is whether or not the cannabis items need to be put into a, uh, a ziplock, you know, yeah. a resealable bag on the way out. They teeter back and forth, and as of, I think, July 1st, now it's. Well, the companies have to be packaged already where it's, you know, sealed all, you know, vapes are already sealed and childproof, flowers are already sealed and childproof. So now you don't need the bat the exit bags because the item should already be sealed and childproof even, and ready for the customer. Even so, they're still putting put in a, paper, a brown paper bag. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, they've, there's a lot of shops, I mean, obviously that aren't Prop 64 that just send it out in whatever bag that they can order on Amazon, stuff like that. But uh, when I was at the Prop 64 shop, we had ordered all these compliance bags. And then BCC's like, no, you don't really need them. So, I mean, the company's probably spent like $1,000 on compliance bags that are just sitting in their shed now for no reason. Which sucks because it's like they were trying to do it the right way. Did it the right way. And then, well, you don't really need to do that You know what? It's going to keep changing. It's going to keep changing. Oh, yeah. It's going to definitely keep changing. That's for sure. But you know what won't keep changing? Our last segment of the show, Stoners in History. <laughs> Stoners in History. Uh, guess first, Randy, who's, uh, who's, your, who, uh, who's your favorite stoner in history? Uh, I gotta go with Cheech and Chong. Well, it's two. It's a duel. It's a, duel. It's a dynamic, dynamic duel. Dynamic duel. <laughs> Batman why? and Robin. <laughs> why, uh, why, why Cheech? Why Chong? Why now? Why now? <laughs> why, why ever? They, 
they just paved the way from Oregon to California with a big old green bus. You know, like they they portrayed um, cannabis in a in a Mexican American aspect, um, making it funny, making it really funny. They, I mean, who, who, I don't know who wrote the whole scripts. Do you guys know? Possibly? I would bet Cheech and Chong did. But yeah, yeah I'm pretty out. sure they wrote a lot of their own, you know, just kind of tongue-in-cheek and came up with their own scripts, but I can't confirm that. I mean, a lot of times people have. I'm, I'm researching still... IMDb right now. Guys. <laughs> but while we're on that topic, man, what's your favorite Cheech and Chong movie, bro? I mean, mine is it's, it's pretty easy. It's up in smoke. I mean, I'm... It's the same. Yeah. I gotta be a BB on that one, but damn, that movie is just great. The writers are Tommy Chong and Cheech Martin. Whoever those guys are. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know either one of them, man. <laughs> um, the uh, but it was directed by Lou Adler. And the fact that they're still in cannabis, you know? Especially, yeah. Uh, especially Cheech. Or was it Chong? Chong. Well, uh, Chong is really, like, back into, you know, he's everywhere now again. But Cheech, is, he's got his own line of flower, too, and he's gotten back into it. In fact, they're touring this spring. I, I kind of want to go up to Reno, man. I think in March they're in Reno, so... But I don't know if I'm going to have the time or the funds to really get uh, that done. Like but a comedy? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, doing their old stand-up, like how they used to do, where they do a couple of their songs and do the stand-up and stuff with each other, bro. It's uh, not a trip, because I think a few years ago, actually, when Jong was living... Was it Texas, Arizona, one of those a state like that, you know? And he was selling glass glassware, bongs, and you know, all these years they wanted to catch him up for something, so he got like arrested for selling bongs online or something stupid like that, you know? And, yeah. But now he's all good again. So. <laughs> you know, I think I remember that they literally just. Yeah. Well, there was. Uh, uh, it's, it's it's funny. Uh, we're on the subject of celebrities and cannabis catching cases. Uh, you know, because Green Talk, one of uh, shout out to Green Talk, by the way, great program. You can catch them on um, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, all the same channels as us. Do you just plug a, another podcast? Yeah, bro. Why not? Yeah. They plugged us once. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Gotta show the love. Oh, in that case, man. Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah. But you were going to say <laughs> about catching cases? <laughs> sorry, sorry if I just shit on someone else. I just, no, yeah, know, yeah, let's take that part little, out, bro. Let's definitely take that part well, out. Well, I don't edit anything. This is live. That's the point, so just keep talking. Well, let's go back and not have that on there. Dude, uh, you do realize that by doing this now, we have to do the whole hour again. Come on. That's just bad, though, dude. We don't want to fucking... Dude, like... Why do you... Alright, well, whatever, dude. It's just a high moment. What's, uh... Who's your stoner in history? Uh, fuck, just... Dude, I'm fine. Stoner in history. Definitely gonna roll with Chris Tucker, man. Smokey, one of my favorite characters of all time from the Friday movies, bro. It's, uh... I mean, it's an epic role. Pretty much everybody remembers. Anybody who mentions Chris Tucker's name pretty much will be brought back to that moment. It's either that or Rush Hour for him. Detective Carter. So, uh, yeah, Smokey! And, uh, constantly, man, he probably still owes Big, big Worm a hundred bucks somewhere, man. So, it's, uh... Yeah. Dude, I... All I... All, the only thing I'm thinking of right now... Only thing. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my soda in history... So, normally I go, like, old, old, old school. Um, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna stick with someone in this century this time. Uh, I'm gonna go with Martha Stewart. Um, she once said, of course, I know how to roll a joint. Uh, Martha, of course, did uh, some time in prison for insider trading, which is not actually against the law, something you can look up. Um, but, you know, she went to Club Med, worked on her forehand, uh, got real buff, worked on her, like, lemon pie recipe, and uh, now she has a show with Snoop Dogg, so, um, that's pretty cool. They talk a little bit about cannabis, a little bit about food, a little bit about entertainment, and a little bit about how to entertain. And uh, I always said, you know, it'd be pretty cool to, like, marry a woman like Martha Stewart. So uh, I think that I kind of have my... 
by Martha Stewart and my uh, and my wife. So, yeah, you like Martha Stewart, Randy? Uh, I don't know too much about her, but uh, you don't know too much no, about Martha really Stewart, bro. You got to get into it. How about you, Sam? You get into uh, you get into Martha Stewart. Martha all? Stewart, man. I'm just glad she's not in jail anymore, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, <laughs> well, hey guys, that's it for Can Eleven Live.